Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 17. It's Genesis chapter 17. And uh, we're going to talk about something that... Uh, we don't usually talk about much in church. <laughs> uh, maybe you could guess because of uh, what Johnny read from Romans chapter four. Um, there, uh, the er- in the early church, in the, in the early church, the first Christians, one of the biggest controversies that they had was, what about circumcision, right? And that was settled, right? That was settled back in Acts chapter fifteen. Uh, we would. We would say it was settled, right? Because because in Acts chapter 15, they had the Council of Jerusalem, and and uh, they just determined Gentiles did not have to be circumcised. Well, where did this whole thing come from? Where did this whole idea come from? And we're going to look here at the story of of uh, the covenant that God made with Abram or Abraham. Now, we're going to look at this covenant that God made with Abraham and how. God commanded of Abraham some radical obedience. Okay, He commanded Abraham some radical obedience, and Abraham believed God and he obeyed God in spite of what consequences may follow from that. So let's look at our text, beginning in verse 1 of Genesis 17, and I'm going to read the whole chapter. When Abram, he's Abram here at the beginning, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations." No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you, you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations whether born in your house or bought with your money, 
from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh as an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall, know, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations, kings of people shall come from her. Then Abram fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety-nine years old, bear a child? And Abram said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall be a father of twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all those born in his house or bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, that he uh, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day. As God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he circumcised. He was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abraham and his son, Ishmael, were circumcised. And all the men of his house, both those in the house and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Father, your word is relevant. Your word is a treasure to us. Father, though not all passages of scripture uh, may be something that we... Uh, dwell on each day today, Lord, it is all profitable for reproof and correction, for instruction and training in righteousness. Father, we pray that uh, you would feed us on your word. You would help us to understand your promise, to, be, to trust in your promise. And Lord, we would uh, follow the example of uh, immediate obedience that Abraham had. Father, we love you. I pray that you give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So, here's the story. 
Abraham is 99 years old. God had been promising him from, for a long time that he would give him a child. He, he uh, had, had called Abraham from Ur of the Chaldeans. He had called him uh, whenever he was in uh, uh, um, Haran. Uh, with his own father. Uh, back in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12, we saw that God promised him, hey, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless uh, your seed, and I'm going to I'm going to bless those who bless you, and bless and, and curse those who curse you. And, and we saw that promise back in Genesis chapter 12, when Abraham was uh, was younger then. I think I think if I remember correctly, maybe in his 70s, whenever that happened. And Abraham's here, just waiting, waiting for God. To fulfill his promise. Abraham believed God. Yet even believing God, he, he, he needed to have some encouragement, some, some way to understand that God was going to keep his promise. And we see in chapter 15, God it reinstitutes this promise that he has with Abraham. In chapter 15, um, he, he promises him again, your, your descendants are going to be as many as the sands on the seashore, and you're, you're, they're going to be as many as the stars in the sky. And if you look up into the sky, if you can count all the stars, that's how many children you're going to have. And Abraham is sitting here, no kids, no kids, just waiting. And he's getting older. Time is clicking. That biological clock, oh man, it's click, it's kicking, ticking. God uh, then makes a covenant with Abraham uh, that is an unconditional covenant, and he he uh, makes a, such a covenant that he has Abraham. He brings all these animals. Uh, 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 cow and a, and a, and a uh, ram and, and some birds and things and, and has Abraham cut the animals in half and, and usually a, a covenant like that, we remember a covenant like that, uh, both parties would walk through the, the, the parts of the animals and they'd say whatever happened to these animals if I break the covenant let this happen to me well God puts Abraham to sleep and God in the form of a smoking Fire and and uh, smoking pot and a, and a torch walk through that, symbolizing God is the one who's staking Himself on this covenant. Even then, after God had given this sign and, and, and given this promise to Abraham, you can think he's just a normal person. He's just a rational person. He's getting older, and there's still no child. He's waiting on God to fulfill His promise. And we saw Abram took matters into his own hands. Just in the last chapter that we looked at two weeks ago, um, Abram said, well, it, 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 we're getting too old for this. <laughs> we're getting too old for this. And, and so he, Sarah gives... Abram is her servant, Hagar, and they have Ishmael. And God says, that's not the promised one. That's not the one that the line of the seed is going to come from. This is not the one who I'm going to establish my covenant with. So Abraham here, he's 99 years old. God has been promising him, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you multitude of seed. 
that he's 99 years old and he still hasn't seen the promise. We'll just pause here for a moment, just kind of reflect on that. Maybe you've waited on God for a long, long, long time for something and you feel like it's impossible. Boy, at this point in my life, I'm never going to see the promise fulfilled. We look to Abraham here. He was 99 years old. God's promise seemed like it was impossible that God would keep his promises. And here, God makes another covenant with Abraham. Um, we'll see this conversation they have. The Lord appeared to Abraham. Abram. He appeared to him. He apparently could see the Lord in some kind of manifestation. We see later on the Lord is the Lord visits Abraham in, in the in the form of a what looks like a human being. So maybe that's the form, and it doesn't really tell us exactly what form God took on, but it it, it has to do with seeing the word there. So God, the Lord appeared to Abraham, Abram and said to him, and he spoke to him. He said, "I am God Almighty." He's He's emphasizing how great he is. Um, also, uh, I believe this is the same term that um, um, Melchizedek was was referred to as, as Melchizedek was a priest of God Most High, um, and I believe uh, this is the same thing. Um, he's God Almighty, emphasizing his strength, his power, his sovereignty, and. If you're interested in, in the Hebrew words at all, uh, you may not be, um, but you, you maybe remember the this whole, the song, if you've been around church for a while, the song that Amy Grant used to sing, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, that's, that's this word, I'm God Almighty, I'm El Shaddai, is what God, what God says, walk before me and be blameless, he's telling Abraham, these are what you must do. You must walk before me. That God sees all that Abram does, and Abram is to live in the knowledge of knowing God is watching me. Walk before me and be blameless. That I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. He's promising him again, I'm going to multiply you greatly. And Abram, what's his response? He falls on his face. When we come into the presence of God, that's the kind of response that happens. We fall on our face. We cannot bear to stand because he is so great and majestic and holy. We fall on our face. Abram fell on his face and said to him, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. And here God changes Abram's name. I can stop reminding myself to say Abram. <laughs> he changes Abram's name. Abram, or the Hebrew Avram, it means exalted father. Exalted father. And Abraham, uh, Av, is, is like Abba. In the New Testament we hear Jesus uh, talk about Abba um, as he prays. He calls him Abba. And Av, it's the word for father. Uh, Raham sounds similar, 
uh, and there's kind of a play on words here. It sounds similar to the word for a multitude. So uh, here, God is renaming Abraham. He's no longer just exalted father, but he's telling Abram, you're going to be called Abraham uh, because he is now going to be a father of a multitude. This has got to sound so ironic to Abram. Abraham. It's got to sound so ironic. He is he's here 99 years old. His only child is not with his wife, but it's with another woman. And God is telling him, you're going to be a father in a multitude? Verse 6. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. That's just got to sound so strange to Abraham. 99 years old, and God is telling him, I'm going to make you fruitful, exceedingly fruitful. There's got to be some kind of a disconnect there. God, I mean, Abraham has got to be thinking, this is impossible. How can you do this? I'm 99 years old. I can't father a multitude. But God promises more than that. He says, there's got to be nations come from you. He says to Abram, Abraham. Here, I'm going the other way now. <laughs> he says, I'm going to make nations out of you, and kings shall come from you. This is a royal promise. I think this king shall come from you, it, it prophesies that, that there will one day be a time whenever there will be a, a, a line of kings that will come. We see in Saul, and we see then David, and Solomon, and Rehoboam, and the Judea, the line of Judah that leads all the way up to Jesus, the King of Kings. Verse 7, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your offspring after you. God is saying to Abraham, this is a covenant that's not just about me and you right now, but it's going to be with your children, your offspring, your seed, and everyone that follows after them, all of them, throughout all of their generations, eternally. Verse 8, I will give you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings. Abraham had wandered as a sojourner. He had wandered as a, as a foreigner in a foreign land. God had promised him the land of Canaan. He had promised him this, this promised land, and yet he never possessed it in this life. And God says to Abraham, I'm promising you and your offspring after you, they're going to have all this land that you wandered around. You may not see it in your life, but... God is going to be faithful to his promise. For an everlasting possession, and I will be there. Verse 9. Here's where it really gets dicey. No pun intended. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring. Every male among you shall be circumcised. 
You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be, uh, shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born or in your house, or born in your house, and he that is bought with money shall be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. This is a, prompt, uh, is a requirement that God is giving to Abraham. If I'm going to make my covenant with you, then you and all, everyone in your household and all of your descendants, every male descendant must be circumcised. And this, this is a radical request, uh, not request, requirement of God. Remember... We saw back whenever Abraham had this, this, uh, this army of men that were from his household that went off and, and, uh, and rescued Lot. There were at least 300 men, 318 men in his household. And Abraham is thinking, uh, okay, you're telling me that, God, but what about all these men in my household? This is not just about Abraham being circumcised. This is about everyone in his household, including this army of men. Imagine if Abraham leaves this conversation with God, goes back to those 318 men in his household, and says, all right, guys, uh, we've got a problem here. (laughs) But you know what? They do it. They do it. Uh, so Abraham has, has a household that includes all lots of men that, that had gone, and, uh, and, and God tells him, you must do this as a part of the covenant. And it has, has to be on all of the male descendants uh, from in your line. And uh, uh, it's not just his household, but also... Anybody that is bought into his household, anybody, uh, any servants that are purchased, any um, any foreigners that come and live as a part of his household, and and this will last forever to all of of uh, Abraham's um, descendants. It's a pretty radical request or requirement. What could Abraham be thinking? In fact, you know, I don't want to get too graphic here, but the fact is, Abraham is being promised that he's going to have, be fruitful, and he's going to have uh, descendants that will be as many as the stars of the sky, and he's promised that he's going to have a child with Sarai, and he's 99 years old, and he may be thinking, uh... What if infection sets in? You know, what 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 kinds of, of consequences could there be physically? I mean, would this possibly interfere with my ability to to have a child? Maybe is what Abraham might be thinking. Yet he's obedient to what God calls him to do. Verse fourteen. Any uncircum, I'm sorry, verse 13. I'm in the wrong verse. Okay, I'm sorry, verse 11. 
You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So this is supposed to be a sign that these are a part. These are people who are a part of the covenant between God and Abraham. That's what the function of this sign is supposed to be. That 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 uh, it is a sign of the covenant. And uh, notice something about this. This is. Those who are in covenant with God, as a part of the Abrahamic coming, are, are, are participants in the blessings. God promised he was going to bless Abraham's, Abraham and his seed and, and bless those who bless him. And he's going to, they're going to be a blessing to all nations. And those who are included in the covenant here, those who had to receive the sign, those who are included are, include every male that's a part of his household, uh, whether even the servants they were included. Um, foreigners, they were included. They were included under the blessing of God. This is a grace thing. We can see they were even they were included in this covenant. They didn't have to just be Abraham's biological, physical descendants, but they could be included as well. Um, I think this goes back to some of what we see in Paul's teaching. Um, it's not just Abraham's seed that's Israel. In fact, not all Israel is really Israel, we see in the New Testament. Because those who don't believe, they're not really participants in the covenant promise. Verse 15. So, then the, uh, it turns, and we go back and we focus here on Sarah. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. I will bless her, and she So here we see Sarah. She's included here. She's included in, in this blessing, in this covenant. Um, she doesn't receive the sign, of course, but at the same time, she's included. She has her name changed as well. And we see the same thing referenced in 1 Peter chapter 3, um, where um, those who are Christian, believing, wives who submit to their husbands, they're, they're to, be, to do so following Sarah's example. And they can be children of Sarah, just as uh, we can be seed of Abraham. Um, the blessing is going to be on both men and women. The blessing is going to be on both those who are part of the physical household and those who, are, who become a part of that, who are maybe brought in by adoption. Um, verse 17. Then Abram fell on his face again. Now, here, I'm expecting, this is worship, right? I'm expecting, that's what I'm expecting. Because earlier on, God appeared to Abram, and he fell on his face. But this is different. Here, God tells him, Sarai is going to be blessed, and she's going to be included in the king, in the in the in the promise, because she's going to give birth at 90 years old, and 
Abram falls on his face and laughs. <laughs> this is absurd. This is impossible. He falls on his face and he laughs. And so, and he says to himself, okay, this is, he doesn't say this out loud, but we're getting an inside look on his thoughts here. He says to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who's 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? He's just thinking about how impossible this is. It's laughable that this could possibly happen. Verse 18, And God said to Abram, or, And Abram said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Abram still just, he can't get his mind around this. He laughs at the implausibility of the idea that someone who's 100 years old and whose wife is 90 years old can have a child, so much so that he, he offers up this suggestion that we just got through in the last chapter, right? Oh, that Ishmael could live before you. And God responds. God said, no, it's not going to be Ishmael. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Now, Isaac means he laughs. He laughs. Abraham laughed. God tells Abraham to name his child. He laughs. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. He, he remembers Ishmael. Ishmael is one of Abram's sons as well. He's not completely cut off. He says, After, As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful. He does this on the basis of his promises to Abraham. Um, I will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make into him a great nation. But... I will establish my covenant. So Ishmael's got blessing. He's going to be many. He's going to have 12 princes come after him. But the covenant, that is what's uh, established with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you. And here's where it really gets fascinating. This time next, by this time next year, Abraham's been waiting. Long time to come. He's been waiting. He's been through all of this. He took matters into his own hands, and, and it's God says, no, it's, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. And in 99 years, God promises Abraham, it's coming this year. It's coming this year. Wouldn't you like to hear that? Something you've been waiting on your whole life. A, a promise that God has given in His Word, and you're waiting and longing and expecting. For God, wouldn't you love to hear God say, it's going to happen this year? You can all probably think of something in your own mind. And I'm not trying to speak in some prophetic manner or things like that. I don't, I don't want to go into some kind of a name it, claim it, or prosperity theology or anything like that. Um, I'm not saying this is the year it's going to happen for you. But to think of the encouragement that that was for Abraham to say, it's going to happen this year. 
Verse 22. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abram, Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son and all those born in his house were bought with his money, every male among them of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh on their foreskins that very day, as God had said to him. Woo! <laughs> Remember, we're talking 318 men at least, and by that time there was probably more. Every child born in his home, every male child, um, we're talking servants, everybody. That's we don't we don't see in here uh, any any kind of persuasion that Abraham has to give them. There's immediate obedience here. God says, "Do it," and they do it that very day. That is obedience. When God calls us to do something, He doesn't mean wait around. <laughs> he calls us to obey Him at the moment He commands it. Doesn't He? Verse 24, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised. And all the men of his house, those born in the house, and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Um, this is... Kind of strange for us, really, isn't it? We don't have that kind of a, a sign that we have on our physical bodies that we can tell if a person is a part of the covenant with God. Um, that was something that the Jewish people did throughout all their generations from Abraham, and it was taken very seriously. You know, as as Moses was leaving Midian, where he had married uh, his wife, and was coming into um, to back to Egypt to take the people out of the promised land, he hadn't even circumcised his own children at that time. And God made him very sick, almost to death, because he hadn't taken seriously the very promise, the very covenant that God had made. And um, God took his covenant seriously. This was a, a, an ever, everlasting covenant that lasted. It's a sign of the covenant that lasted throughout the Old Testament people. Now, what are we to think about that today? What is the believer's relationship to circumcision? Well, we know from the New Testament, Gentiles are not to be required to be circumcised. Is that it? Oh, it just passed away? Um, well, yeah. But uh, let's just consider for a moment what our brothers and sisters that are Presbyterian think about this. Or maybe other denominations that baptize infants. Um, some, and, and I'm, I'm speaking for specifically about the Presbyterian view of baptism, because that's what I know uh, the most about, those who baptize infants. They would say that in the Old Covenant, Baptism, or no, I'm sorry, in the Old Covenant, circumcision was the sign of the covenant. And they would say that in the New Testament, baptism replaces circumcision. That's what they would say. Okay? And they would say that just as eight-day-old babies 
eight-day-old baby males were circumcised in the Old Testament, that believers should baptize their babies. That's, that's the argument that they make. Because in the New Covenant, circumcision is no longer the uh, sign of the covenant. They would say, baptism is the sign of the covenant. The problem here. You would think that if that was the case, when it was such a controversy in the early church, that maybe maybe Paul, instead of saying you know, to the Galatians, you foolish Galatians, you've abandoned the gospel for requiring circumcision for, uh, for Gentiles, maybe he would have said, you foolish Galatians, don't you know that baptism replaces circumcision? <laughs> he didn't say that. He didn't say anything like that. Um, and I wouldn't even deny the idea that baptism could be considered the sign of the covenant like circumcision. However, this is the difference. Um, Jeremiah chapter 31 says that in the new covenant, that no one will, in the covenant community, no one will teach his neighbor, know the Lord any longer. Because they will all will know me. The people who are a part of the covenant community will all know me. So I would say, in the, the difference between the Old Testament, where the... Uh, Every male child was a part of the covenant community and would be uh, would be circumcised. In the new covenant, it's only those who are believers who receive the sign. Does that make sense? Only those who are believers receive the sign. Uh, because if, if, in the new covenant passage from Jeremiah 31, uh, it says that, um, uh, like I said, uh, um, they all will know me. From the greatest to the least, they'll all know me. Um, it's every member of the covenant community in the, in the new covenant. Already, they have the sign. I'm getting myself confused. <laughs> I'm sorry. All that to say, um, what we see here in the text from Genesis. I'm going to just back away from this uh, side argument here. What we see in the text here is God commands and God promises and God fulfills his promises. God commands Abraham to be obedient, some radical obedience, and Abraham obeys. And we should have that kind of obedience. When God calls us to obey, we need to drop everything and obey him. Um, two, God promised that he would give a seed to Abraham and he fulfilled his promise. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.